Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 709 for December 13th, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest, our returning guest, is the most wonderful Adam Angst, publisher of the long-running internet-based email newsletter, Tidbits. Welcome to the show, Adam. Wonderful to have you back. Thanks for having me. It's always a food. Yeah. <laughs> a food? A food. <laughs> I, I was always going to say, like, it's fun. It's a hoot. I got, oh, lost, got, got lost track in the middle of the word. <laughs> well, I'm glad I, I pointed it out then. So, <laughs> before we get started, make sure people know what tidbits are if they've been asleep for the last, what, 30 years or so. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we tidbits, I'm, I actually had to update it to, you know, 31 plus years. Oh, um, that's because... right. We had you on for the 30th anniversary. Well, and right in the last year and a half disappeared, of course, right? So exactly. That's... <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing has happened. Blah, blah, blah. Pay no attention. Um, yeah, so uh, Tidbits, we have been covering Apple and all things Apple. Obviously, we used to just say the Mac, um, but uh, since 2007 or so, uh, that has been expanding. So we cover all things Apple. News, reviews, uh, opinion, keeping up with the latest apps, that kind of stuff. And we're different than most other publications. Uh, we do published on the web now. We, the web had to catch up to us. We had to wait for the web to be invented. <laughs> you see. Uh, um, but yeah, we are, we are quote-unquote web first now, but then we on Monday nights, we collect everything we've published over the week, we put it into an email issue, and we send it out to 25,000 people. 25,000? So, wow. Yeah. So, like, you know, one of the things, when you're actually sending email to 25,000 people who can reply to you, <laughs> you learn to write carefully. <laughs> 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 Try not so, to be wrong. I, I was right. actually I, noticing that in your writing is the level of precision is I really appreciate is yeah. it, it, it there. I, I can normally find some typo or some turn of a, turn of a phrase that like you forgot the verb or something. Almost <laughs> almost everything on the Internet is like that nowadays. And yeah. and what you write is very clear and concise uh, and, and it doesn't drone on and on either. We've, uh, you know, we, and we do this for everyone who writes for Tibbets, uh, you know, so we have a number of people who are regular contributors and um, Glenn Fleischman, who's one of one of them. Uh, he has said that the only people who edit as much as we do is is uh, um, The Economist. Really? Wow. Wow. So when Glenn writes an article for us, it's got at least three or four back and forth passes when both of us are changing, tightening, fixing, adding, and, wow. you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and we're not perfect. I mean, don't get me wrong. We do not, we do not attempt for that. And we actually have a, there's a friend of ours, Chris Pepper, um, who sends what we call pepper edits <laughs> and man, I think what it is, is he listen. he actually does listen to tidbits. He like, you know, audio, listens to audio stuff. Okay. So he'll, uh, he'll just make synthesis and he, he catches typos that no one else does. <laughs> and so he's the, you know, he will, he will report typos. Yeah. You know, damn it. How did he find that? So if and you're I doing do three or four credit. edits on somebody like Glenn Fleischman, as I recall, Glenn is not an idiot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and mostly what Chris finds. I mean, he he does occasionally, you know, disagree with something, but usually at that point we know why, and we've done what we did on purpose, and we will explain to him. I mean, we may not be right, but we've thought about it. Okay, it's um, not accidentally. It's not accidental, right? Yeah. And and then uh, you know, and then uh, you know, I have to I have to give credit where credit is due because I am I am annoyed by the fact that I lean on this tool and that it does help me but you know grammarly is actually really good yeah <laughs> it's and it's you know like i don't give a damn about its its writing suggestions i mean I, mm. I look at them and occasionally i take them but i'm usually like yeah i use the passive voice there very intentionally uh, <laughs> and, I, I, find uh, it, I call uh, grammarly the uh you put the comma in the wrong place Either way, like I either have not put in the comma, it's telling me to put in a comma, I did, it did, and it's going, no, you don't need one there. Probably like, six or seven in every blog post. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's always into the, like, it wants commas before the word so. And I'm like, I don't think so. You know, I just don't, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to override. Every then I've, I've like... I've gotten on, uh, uh, you know, it's it's pushed me on something, and I will actually go and research the hell out of it. You know, like because <laughs> you're going to argue with it, <laughs> right? I was like, I want to make sure that I am on good terms when I ignore, can tell you this 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 suggestion is not helpful or is wrong. But is it the typo? So my people, you know, which because again, it's like typos are hard when they are correct words or mm, like right. word has 
moved in editing or, you know, like a verb, like a, a subject verb, you know, has changed because you edited the sentence. It was correct before, but you made the sentence better, but you've missed changing the verb. That kind of stuff. Grammarly is brilliant for catching that kind of stuff. The double word yeah. is the ones I, I just can't see it if I wrote it. Yeah, right. There's Same here. And, no chance. And, and it's also good at finding double spaces. Um, you yeah. know, I, like that's just another, it's not obviously no, well, most of the time no one's going to even see that, but you know, that's but why we put don't, it in. Why leave it we, there? If you could get make it go away. Precisely, yeah, do you, you know? use the paid for version of Grammarly? We do. Okay. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it's, as I said, it's one of those ones where it's expensive enough. It's like, I don't know, 130 bucks a year, something like that. Yeah. It's not cheap. And I, I, I feel like I'm conflicted because on the one hand I'm offended that I need to pay for something like to help me with this and I need to pay this much. Right. Um, but if it didn't keep finding problems in almost everything I publish, I'm like, okay, you know, like this is worth it. It's really earning its keep. And what would it cost to pay yet another editor to go through and read what you've written and find it right. And not introduce new problems and not introduce new problems and all that. And, and yeah, it's just, yeah. So, so it's, it's pretty good for what it does. And as long as you don't get into the fact that it's not, I mean, like it's not teaching me how to write. It's not mm. telling me, you know, I mean, it, it does try to suggest things. I'm like, no, no, you know, I prefer <laughs> to introduce my clauses this way. Go away. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it, it turns here, stuff it's also an editor you can argue with and always win, right? <laughs> they never get to win. <laughs> That's worth 130 bucks. I don't actually use the paid for version, but it finds enough stuff with just the, uh, the free version that I'm, I'm really happy with using it. And then, uh, uh, Sandy Foster, one of my listeners, um, actually reviews everything I write and finds typos. And then there's still typos when I go to read it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is not the subject. It, it's not. Wait, but but isn't whatever we're talking about the subject? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. So uh, in this tidbits, uh, which will now be, the, I think, last week, I saw an article with a very eye-catching and mysterious title. It was about the Manifesto for Ubiquitous Linking. Now, who can't go forward and click that link, right? You got you to gotta find out what that is. That's um, right. But before we get into what ubiquitous linking is and the manifesto on the topic, um, you started your article talking about something called Project Xanadu. Can you oh. start us in the history? Well, see, this, this, is, this is why I, I got to do this. So Project Xanadu, yes. So a guy named Ted Nelson, um, back in the 60s, came up with um, a great number of the ideas that underpin hypertext on the World Wide Web as we know it today. So he didn't come up with the term. That was actually coined by Vannevar Bush um, in 1945. And Vannevar Bush at the time, I believe, was the presidential science advisor. And he had an idea about something called the Memex. Um, again, very, very early theoretical hypertext system. And so, but Ted Nelson, you know, it's the 60s. He's probably high on stuff. I'm not going there. But uh, um, he's, got, he's got some wacky, wacky ideas. Um, and he writes this double book called Computer, Lu Computer Lib slash Dream Machines. And um, I actually could go get it because I have a copy and they're, they're actually a little hard to find now. Hmm. Um, and I, the, I actually, the first one I read, I took out of the library from Cornell because I was a student at the time in the, in the mid, mid to late 80s. And it was ta like tabloid size. It was big. Um, and because a great deal of it's handwritten. Um, but that one was completely... Um, impossible to get. And so when I was able to finally buy a copy, Microsoft Press had put it out in a more manageable size. Uh, and, um, and so, but it's, it's amazing stuff in the book. You literally have to flip it over and read from front to back and then flip it over and read back to front. <laughs> That's what um, you mean see. by a double book. Yeah, right. And and the two books are different. I mean, you know, one of them is really about like, like promoting computers and the other one is talking about future stuff. Um, huh. So and, this is not a Kindle book then? I would be surprised because a lot of it really is. But you have hand. to turn your Kindle upside down to read this. <laughs> there it, it, it's like when you had to play play your you know your your records backwards. So right, right. No. I'm seeing it from eighty five dollars to seven hundred and fifty on dollars uh, online here. Yeah, yeah, wow. and and it is and it is an amazing book, and I actually do recommend people if you can find it without paying an arm and a leg, um, it's, it's so worthwhile. I mean, obviously now it's tremendously historical. I mean, when I read it in, you know, 1986 or whenever it was that I first stumbled across it, um, it was a lot more recent and the stuff felt fresh. 
um, because we didn't have any of this kind of kind of things, you know, actually happening. Um, so, what was he talking about in these books? Well, I mean, a lot of it's really general about computer stuff, um, but he does talk a little bit about about hypertext and Project Xanadu, which was the system he was going to build. And in essence, Project Xanadu, like the web, is Project Xanadu, but not nearly to the level Ted Nelson wanted. Okay. So, so the idea he, he had this concept again, like everyone would be pub, would be like creating documents, and you could read the people's documents. In his world, all links are bidirectional, so you could okay. always go both directions. And he also had this really fascinating concept called transclusion. So you know how, like in that in that tidbits article, I quoted the manifesto. So in if I was using doing this in Project Xanadu, when I quoted it, it would have actually included the text that I was quoting from the source. Think of it like object linking. Okay. Okay. So not not a not a copy of it, but the Precisely. original. The original. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Precisely. Okay. And he had built in a complete micropayment royalty system. So when I did that and you read my article, your system would pay me a micropayment of, you know, a thousandth of a cent or whatever. And my system would say, oh, he transcluded this percentage of the text from this other document. Those are the people who get that percentage of it. Oh, wow. Man, if, if that existed today, think about uh, Google searches. <laughs> right that would that would solve the 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 problem right right so so I mean, Zana, project xanadu had just some truly amazing ideas so and it was it was an actual technology or was it just a dream well that was sort of the problem <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay so ted nelson is not a programmer okay. and so you know he is a um i don't know if it's quite self-described but he really is a computer visionary Okay. And with all that implies. And but he's also kind of nuts. And so he's had trouble like finding the really solid and putting together the the team, the company, the like all of the, the like the real grown up world stuff necessary to turn this into a big into a real thing. So there have been a couple of efforts along the way um, and they've never been big enough, complete enough and caught on. And I think I don't think there's anything actually available right now. He, the last thing I was reading from, reading from Wikipedia was something called Open Xanadu, um, which I want to say was like eight years ago, ten years ago, something like that. And I couldn't find any indication of it when I when I looked. So um, you know, and he's had you know fascinating people working on it, but again, mm -hmm. not that it hasn't it hasn't really been like the something where a company like Apple said, okay, we're going to assign project managers and testers and coders and, you know, and build an, an actual. Here's an architecture and yeah. So, so he's been so, working on this since 1960. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he's finally, I, I, I won't say, I don't want to say given up because this is Ted Nelson. Um, you know, he doesn't give up. He's been, he's been banging this drum for decades, but, um, but I don't think there's really any likelihood that it will ever become a thing at this point in time. And, and unfortunately, even its basic concepts like, you know, bidirectional linking and transclusion and, um, and built-in micropayment royalties, we've had enough time in the web now for those, those aren't, they aren't, unheard of like the people who built the web knew about this stuff and, and have been working on the web ever since so it's a little unlikely that we're ever going to get that kind of stuff unfortunately okay. okay so now project xanadu was was in the back of your mind when you were looking at this manifesto for ubiquitous <laughs> linking yeah so 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 the the manifesto for ubiquitous linking um first it I have to admit, like, and I, I want to tell this story because it's not like, oh, you know, uh, there's a reason why I bought or wrote about this than anything else. But, um, but it's an, it's an example of linking that happens in the real world um, okay. and why this is important. So this is part of the the problem to be solved. Well, no, no, we're getting no. we're getting to like even why I know about this. Oh, okay, um, so, okay. Um, my son Tristan um, is currently a PhD student at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada. And he graduated from Cornell in May, and he had to go to Vancouver in August um, you know, move to another country during a pandemic. Um, let me tell you, not an easy task. Eesh. I mean, yeah, like try renting an apartment in a city you've never been, you know, remotely in a city you've never been to, et cetera, in a et cetera. currency that you don't know. Yeah, 
They were probably speaking French at him. (laughs) It was Vancouver, so at least that wasn't an issue. But (laughs) so any event, um, around this time, I get uh, I get email from from a guy named. from actually blanking on his Luke, his name, Luke Bedoin. Um, and, uh, and he's a tidbits reader and he's interested. He, he has a, uh, he works on a program called hook, which allows this kind of linking. And he's, he wants to talk about advertising or, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll talk more, but, 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 you know, Hey, I see in your signature, you are a professor at Simon Fraser university. Oh, and this is like happening three days before my son gets on the plane, you know? So it's like, you know, like, and you know how, I mean, I'm a parent, you know, like I'm sending my kid off to, uh, you know, to another country, you know, and just sort of like, you know, Hey, this is, you know, it's like, and I tell him about this and he's like, Oh, that's so cool. You know, I actually really enjoy grad students. You know, I'll have him over for dinner as soon as he's here. And, and so he did. And, you know, and, and he interested have gone for, you know, gone for walks and it turns out, you know, cause he's a Luke's a cognitive science professor. So he's not quite interested in his field, but he's close. Justin okay. does computer vision. So, so in any event, so, I've I've gotten to know this guy a little bit more. You know, it's always it's always nice when you know an an adult uh, sort of befriends your your adult child uh, right, when right. when you're worried about this. And he's also gotten you know he's he's started really reading Tidbit's talk and becoming a much more um, you know uh, engaged member of that community. And so when he does this, I didn't know he was working on this at all. But he says, "Hey, we're going to be announcing this on Monday. Would you like to see you know the pre-release stuff on a Friday?" And I'm like. Yeah, sure. Why not? Of, of Hook, right? Yeah, uh, no, okay. not of Hook, of oh. Manifesto. Um, he'd send oh. me Hook, and I, I, I honestly just got too busy to look at to like I have Hook installed, but I just haven't gotten it into my head about I how keep, to use it yet. Me, me too. I installed it, and and I was asked to do a video about it for Screencast Online, and I installed it, and I didn't get it. I want to though. Yeah, it, and it's like I, I think I get it, but. I've been working these ways for 30 years, you know, like my, my workflows are really hard coded. Mm-hmm. So for a new right, to break right. in for me is hard. Um, and I have to really put an effort into opening myself up to it. And I just been too busy for various reasons to do that in the last, I'm you know, actually the other months. way around. I, I, when I get everything in muscle memory and it's working perfectly, I get bored. So I throw another tool <laughs> in to see what I can screw up hardware, <laughs> software, whatever it takes, whatever can make things stop working. I am going to do it. <laughs> See, now I do that with like task management systems. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise you'd have to do the tasks. Right. If you can spend all your time going, well, this one doesn't work. I need to do a new one. That's clearly the problem. Clearly the problem. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I mean, I know exactly what you mean, though. Once you're bored with something, because it's, you know, like, oh, yeah, I I understand that. Now it's not helpful anymore. You, You stop using it and then it's not helpful. So, right. So, okay, so he's he's telling you on Monday we're gonna we're gonna reveal yeah, this manifesto. A, a weekend of notice on this, and so I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a cool idea. And so I go and read this, and I like look at who's who's signed on as the original people, and you know, it's my it's friends like Rich Siegel and Ken Case and Michael Tsai and David Sparks, and I'm like, oh, Brett Terpstra. Yeah, Brett Terpstra, um, you know, it's like, it's just a bunch of people I know, you know, Angel Vu, who's, you know, the PDF pen um, project manager, a program manager, things like that. So it's just a, it's a ton of people I know. And, you know, and I'm, I, you know, and I'm also thinking like this hook thing, really, I thought it was, it sounded great. So, you know, like he's clearly been thinking about this stuff for a long time. We, and- we better pretty soon tell the audience what we're talking about. Because because we we're dancing around well we're dancing around who who's uh, signed it but we haven't said what the linking manifesto is the manifesto for ubiquitous linking so so yeah so any of that it's so it's this it's so I go and read it and it's this document which basically says at a very simple level everything should be linkable hmm okay is almost exactly one of the core things from Project Xanadu. You know, that the idea, the idea of Project Xanadu was everything in that system had, a, like, an identity. And so okay. that was why you could do the transclusion. That was why you could link. I mean, you could just link. You didn't have to transclude. Um, and so, and, and when you read what Ted Nelson said, he was like, the reason to do this is to encourage connected knowledge and enhance cognitive productivity. The last three or more are the modern version. The first two are what Project Xanadu said. In, you know, enhance, encourage connected knowledge. 
So that was what the linking was really about for Project Xanadu. Because remember, in those days, nothing was linked. Everything was siloed everywhere. You literally had to go to libraries to find stuff. Right, right. And now we've got the connected knowledge, but now what we're running into is you find things in three ways, right? You browse if you don't really know what you're looking for. You search if you kind of know what you're looking for, or you follow a link if it's right there to get to what you want and you know exactly what you want. And so that's what um, Luke and the other authors of the manifesto were talking about when they talk about enhancing cognitive productivity. If you're spinning your cycles doing searches and not getting what you want or just wasting time because you do know get what you want, but it's just it takes you 50, 20 seconds to do it instead of one second. You know, like those are the kind of things that waste your waste your time, waste your life. You know, like and, I could not in just. Not just in time, uh, in, in linear time, like it took me yeah. five minutes to find this. It's that during that five minutes, then what happened? Right. I found something else yeah. that I yeah. wasn't looking for. Well, that's really, I mean, hugely the browsing problem. I mean, browsing is, in fact, the worst possible way to, to find something you need for a pro productive scenario. Because, yeah, I mean, so um, I, 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 I linked to, uh, um, when I was writing about this in the Tibbetts article, I linked to the um, a scene in the movie Up where the dog is going squirrel, you know. and like. So you realize what you did. I was reading your article and I hoped that's what it was. So I clicked the link. So I went to YouTube. How long do you yes. think it was before I got back and finished reading what you were writing? So everything linkable might be a problem. <laughs> unless that was, if that was one of those, uh, what do you call it? Trans Transclusions. If it was a transclusion, it would have had a link to take me back to Tidbit. So I'd stop screwing around. Uh, yes, we had the bi-directional. Um, the other thing I could have done, I mean, because I, I actually had this thought. See, again, this is tidbits. Um, <laughs> I had this thought. I almost put in the comment, of course, because I went, I did the same thing you did, right? Like I went to find it. <laughs> well, you had to find it. You had to search. <laughs> and then I had to watch the Saturday Night Live video of something such and such. You know, it's like, oh, I've been suckered. <laughs> So what I should have done, in fact, is I could have embedded the squirrel video. If it had been a bigger joke, um, I would then have wasted embedded the vertical space. And then yeah. you wouldn't have been distracted. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I had all those thoughts, and I'm like, yeah, but the joke is such a small joke. It's a one-word joke. <laughs> and so it like, seven if, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so so in any event, so what Luke and, and, and Actually, the other transcoding or or um if you had you embedded it, that would have been more like the transclusion. Right? Yeah. Okay. Embedding is basically transclusion. Because all yeah. I do is put in the URL and WordPress says, Oh, I need to put a display a video here. Yeah. Yeah. That exact conclusion. And you know, and um it's even a little bit closer than that because the videos and YouTube, of course, embed their own ads. Mm -hmm. So it have played an A, you know, done it sort of the monetization inherent in that okay. in some way, if people had played. So when we think about uh, trying to have this ubiquitous linking vision, you're talking about searching versus browsing. If you... I understand the linking in searching. So an example would be I'm writing a blog post and it was inspired by an email that I got from a, a, a listener. Right. I have to go search for that email. Who was it? What were they talking about? What's a keyword right. that would maybe help me find it? That makes sense to me that if I had a link to that email that I had saved that link somewhere that I would I would be able to get right back to it. But browsing i don't get like i wouldn't just go i think i'll go look at the web to see what this would be about i i, I don't get how that would be linked. All, all i'm saying is that so you need to find about a topic you're you're writing a blog post mm -hmm. um right and so so the three ways that you get information that you would use in your blog post are browsing searching and linking of mm -hmm. which linking has to be set up but is the is the fastest and, and gets you exactly what you want searching is slower but is probably going to get you what you want and browsing is just the worst way to do it at all that's oh, like okay. saying i'm writing a blog post let me type in youtube and click <laughs> around for a while right i mean right, or i i need to find a grocery store i'm just going to stick my head out the window <laughs> <laughs> but but people do that i mean it's mm. you know that's like it's freaking surfing the web um, you know, where you See, don't I only do it accidentally. I don't intentionally yeah. just go, I think I'll go to YouTube. 
But but I mean, if you you do think about it, like that's a lot. That, that's what using Facebook or TikTok or those things are like nowadays. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I just turn I mean, it on and I start scrolling. Yep. I mean, that's basically a browse. Um, you yeah. know, show me all the stuff that's that's recent. Oh, look, that one's interesting. I mean, yes, it's 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 guaranteed distraction. Um, that's well, that's part is. of it too. With TikTok, that's its value. It's my happy right. place. But I'll tell you what I do when I when I get to something funny or clever or or interesting in some way. I either bother a friend of mine with it. Different different people. I have different categories of things I bother them with. And I and I think I'm like that that person that always sends the the uh, the email chain chain letter joke or something yes. from AOL. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how they probably <laughs> view me. <laughs> right. But a lot of times what I do is I, I copy the link and I put it into a note called TikTok that I've pinned at the top of my of my notes. And that way, if somebody says something that triggers a memory of that, hey, there was that great TikTok, I can go get the link and send it in response. Yeah. So I'm doing the linking so that I don't have to go find it again because you can never find it again in TikTok. Right. Right. And in fact, probably Hook would be great for that. Mm, I downloaded Hook again while we were talking. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out this. This is my commitment. I will find a way to get uh, to get that to work, and then try to explain it to people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and as I said, it's I mean, part of my problem is that as a writer um, and as a sort of a journalist writer type, I'm always doing something new. And so I don't. It's not like I can. I'm working on a book where I could, you know, set up. And and have you know links to my my resources or things like that because I write something and I'm done and I will never refer to whatever the source material was again. Hmm. You know that so like that you know you're writing the blog post because an email any a reader emailed you. Well, that's great. You know I need to see the email while I'm writing it and never again. Or I might search for it again, but I certainly don't need a link to it again. Uh, yeah. See, I think I would like a link to it because it's really often that I'll say, um, you know, I told you about Parallels Toolbox back in 2017. And back then there were, oh, shoot, how many emails or how many tools were in the toolbox? I need to go find the link to mm-hmm. that and then bring it back forward. And, and that's a topic that I've written about four separate times because mm-hmm. they keep adding tools to Parallels Toolbox <laughs> and I keep writing new articles. I need to do another one because there's even more. But um, I, I have this chain going back, going in this year. I did, it had this many, and this it had this many, it had this it had this many. Yeah. Wow. And you know, and I will admit to a certain extent, um, I cheat. I have 30 years of tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> but even for me, you know, like with 30 that many years, I can't. I don't have links to those things because there's too many. I have. I search them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so and they have, and they in turn have the links to the thing you need to know. Right. Precisely. Um, so it's, so, so, I mean, that's, what's, what's fascinating about this is it's not that linking is the ultimate solution to everything. It's just not because you have to have the links are by definition fixed. Like they start one mm-hmm. place and they go another place mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's the path. And so they, I, I don't want to, quite say you have to create them because this is where I've been kind of mulling about this is that I think they could be created for us oh. by an appropriate agent that was watching our activities. And this is where I haven't gone with Hook or talked to Luke about because, but I think that's the next thing. Because that's my problem is that, like, I don't know that I need a link, but it's a little bit like how, you know, Text Expander will suggest uh, abbreviations when it notices yeah. you typing the same thing over and over again. Like, that's a little bit. It's like, I noticed you've been back to this object two or three times. Oh. Should I record it in this, in your, like, in your stack? Yeah, and to make yeah. it easy for you to get back to, um, because if you have to always think I need to make a link, then there's a cognitive load of is this important? Right, and you're making a decision on a di- on a regular basis that could be the the cognitive load is is high. Um, that gets and, back to what uh, we were talking about before we started recording. We were talking about home automation that you have to tell it what you wanted it to do versus home automation that knows what you want it to do. Precisely. And some of that, I mean, I mean, some of the home, I mean, home automation is so, I mean, you, 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 you compared uh, one of these things to, uh, you know, a, a, a student driver who's also drunk. Um, the Tesla we, FSD beta. Yeah. I didn't know if that was public. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but, it is. <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, but we compare Siri to a toddler. 
you know, <laughs> partly because, you know, she's so happy sometimes when she's like, I'm on it. Like, I'm going <laughs> to turn those lights on. <laughs> and then the garage door opens. And, and other times, you like you say, turn on the wall lights and, and, and she hears turn on all lights. Right, you know, right. Like everything in the house goes on. Like, ah! A toddler who's not quite paying attention. Right, precisely. So, but at the same time, boy, when it works, it is so brilliant. Like, yeah. It, and so, and things like, you know, arriving home at dark, um, you know, and all the right lights pop on instantly. You know, like, yeah. that's that's the kind of cool stuff where you're like, oh, yeah, that's how it could be. And so, right. So it's that cognitive, how much cognitive pro- processing do you put into it? Um, and with lights, honestly, some of it's physical, too. Like, oh, you, know, you sit down and you want to watch TV. Oh, crap, we left every light in the house on. Mm-hmm. And then you not only have to think that, because once you've had the thought, you can't leave them on. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then you have to get up and walk around the house turning them off, which is also annoying. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not scared of the physical effort or anything. It's just like <laughs> I was sitting down. I didn't feel like getting up. And so to be able to just say I'm watching TV and have, you know, you know, off, 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 on, you know, for the one light behind me or something like that. That's really nice. I'm, I'm um, glad you mentioned that. I am exactly the same way. I will uh, get my car, drive to the beach and run four miles. But once I sit down, I am not getting up to turn that light on or off, you know, it's like that. Oh, like, especially if you have to go backwards, like you just got downstairs and you have to go back up. Oh, that's the end of the world. Right. It's just so irritating. And I think it really is cognitive load. Like, mm. I mean, because, because obviously the physical effort is not too much for us. Not like, oh, I just don't think I can climb those stairs again. Um, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's the, I have moved on to the next task and you're forcing me to rewind. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and potentially lose my track on where I'm going, right? Because once you rewind, you could go in a different direction. You come up to turn the light off and, oh, that, you know, the computer's showing you something you're like, oh, right, I need to do such and such. And suddenly you've lost track of your first thing. And you have so, no idea where your glasses are by this time. <laughs> I solved that. When I take my glasses off now, I'm completely blind. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's handy. <laughs> I gave up on freaking contacts. It was way too much work with glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to do that too, contacts and glasses. And one day I went, why am I wearing both? Yeah. <laughs> So now I have these glasses and they're perfect at all times. And uh, unless I want to see three inches in front of my face. And as I did when I was wiring 16 home kit switches into my walls. Oh, Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we have a little bit of a tendency to go on tangents here. Um, <clears throat> but what are you about? <laughs> because we start somewhere and we're going to go somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> but we don't have the link back to where we were going. So <clears throat> now that we understand the problem, well, no, I want to get a little bit more into the problem to be solved. So what's an example of something that isn't linked today that if the vision of the uh, ubiquitous linking manifesto were, were that vision were realized would exist? Because we well, have hyperlinks. We do. We have the web. And, um, and so the web is the example of how it's done right much of the time. But think about all the websites that you go to where the URL doesn't change as you do things. Mm, so like iCloud Mail that. is a good example. Like you, once you're in iCloud Mail, it just, the, the, the URL doesn't ever change. You don't ever get a link to each email message. So you okay. can't link to an email message. So, so there are plenty of things on the web that are like that too. And they're also a problem. However, the, the big poster child for this is our Macs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you create an event, I mean, actually, this, this drives me up the wall. When you create an event with Siri and you say, you know, I want to schedule something with Allison, Siri will say, which Allison? And then it will try to, like, send you something. I'm like, stop it. I just want it on my calendar. But but in some sense, that's good. You know, that is trying to create a link, you know, to create more sort of more data behind that. But, similar, but, but what you don't have is an ability to create an event that links to a document or an email message or something like that. Just as a matter of course, like say, say, you know, here's a good example. We scheduled this call. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go to my email message because I didn't have, when I, the event popped up, I didn't have a link to Zoom or something like that. And I was like, oh, does she use Skype? I needed to go back in the email conversation to see if you'd said, well, it would have been handy if that event had linked to my email conversation, right? I had to go and search for your name. Yeah. 
So, especially with email, um, I did a, uh, I think I sent you a link to it. Um, I, I wrote a post about creating a deep link to an email. Yeah. It is super nerdy and difficult to do. You have to turn on a preference that shows the full header. Uh, you have to copy the URL that it gives you and you have to, you have to escape out some of the symbols. And I wrote a little text expander snippet. So I select the text and then I type MSG semicolon and that splats in the link. And now I can hit that link. And uh, so that's what I put into um, my calendar event so that when I hit that, it would take me to the message. So I knew what time, you know, verify what time we said yep. we'd get together and things. And it, and in fact, like I'm using a Gmail client named MimeStream right now. MimeStream is absolutely brilliant. Um, it is it is a fabulous little app. So it's still in beta. Um, but one of the things it can do, um, you can just get the Gmail URL to you, the email message you're looking at. Oh, nice. And it's not and, janky and weird, and you don't have to write a, a macro to get the the right nope, format. It's just it's just a just a contextual menu pop classic copy, and and of course when you follow that, it loads Gmail on the web. It's not MindStream okay. doesn't handle those um, those links. Um, I mean, it potentially could in the future, but the uh, but but it it gives you that kind of thing. So like yeah, linking email to things, linking events, linking messages, linking um, files. Quite frankly. You know, like the Finder is great. We love the Finder for browsing, <laughs> right? But it's well, but kind aren't, of aren't aliases like a, a link? Oh, aliases are exactly links. Yeah, but so that's what I do. How I often take. Do we use them? Uh, I tend to use them for a very specific context where I've got got three different places I do the same activity, but I need right. to be looking at the same document. So I'll create and that's, it. And and Right. That's a perfect example of, of utility for links. Um, and But if you think about it, my, my three things, we do a heck of a lot of browsing in the Finder. Searching's never very good in the Finder. I mean, mm -hmm. you can do it. Spotlight's just never been never been my, my preferred way of doing things. And then you do a little bit of linking like with aliases. Um, the, the closest I think that I like, like I talked about this, is what I call the one-hit searches, where you use Spotlight to like launch an app. So you don't have to oh, you know, yeah. just open the applications folder and then double click on the app. That's really slow. You right. can do this search, which is guaranteed to hit you that app every time. Yeah. So, oh, and you're saying that's an example of a link? It's, it's not, but it's very, very close. Yeah. Right? So because, because like if I, if I hit, you know, command space, AM, I'm going to get activity monitor every time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it almost may as well be a link. It's, 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 it's invoking searching, but, but the point is that gives you the idea of how fast it is when you have a link as opposed to having to do the search and look at the results. Right, right. I, so, I especially like the ability to uh, cross-link these things together, that it's not just to you, but having that link to that document in the the email that I send you, or I've put it into the calendar yes. event so that we both see it, or mm -hmm. it shows up in Zoom, um, I, I can see that being really useful. A lot of times for me, it's like you say, I'm linking for some time in the future when I may need this. Right. I don't necessarily need it now, but I may need this later. And it, and it's remembering those things that that you know maybe there's a way to do it. Yeah. Like I'll put in the full name of the thing and point over to it. Well, and so it's worth keeping in mind that this is a manifesto. It's not ah, a spec. Back to the manifesto. It's, it's not a product. It's not a technology. What these people are saying is this concept is important. That developers should be thinking about how they will support this concept in the context of their app. And they're encouraging users to evangelize developers with use cases. So like, hey, I'd really like it if when I, you know, I, I do this thing in your app that I get a link to the document that I'm that I'm that I'm selecting in the finder. You know, because right, I want right. to get back to it really easily, and so, so, so that's why this is that's why this is a manifesto, and and so if if as much as anything else, it's really designed to get people thinking and talking about what it is they might want. So, I'll give you another example. Um, I'm the president of the Finger Lakes Runners Club right now, and one of my goals in doing this is to really give the club uh, a solid modern digital infrastructure. So we're focusing everything on, on, you know, Google Docs and Google Sheets and stuff like that. We have a shared Google Drive and like a shared archive of everything the club has and creates. Well, so 
I have to do a lot of sharing of Google Docs URLs. Mm-hmm. And I can do that. Like I, I can copy and paste them. I mean, it's not hard, but it's one of those things where I would like utilities that make linking easier. Okay. Okay. And, and, and where you're the, not creating them on the fly every time they're just, they just exist. Just exist. And, you know, or that I could get them like, you know, like again, totally, totally brainstorming that I say, I want to link, I need to paste a link to one of my Google docs. And so I hit a key and then I get like a, a quick contextual menu of all my Google docs. Hmm. And then when I select it, it pastes the URL to that one. Rather okay. than me having to go find the damn thing, which is in this either a browser window with 100 tabs, or I need to do a search in Google Drive and open the document and click the share button and copy the link and switch back to wherever I was and paste. Right. By like, that time, a- you've lost your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, I've lost my mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so, uh, but so, you know, that's why, again, the concept of ubiquitous linking is, again, a support structure for the things that make this usable, quick, easier, all of that as well. From a technology standpoint, do the, does the manifesto actually talk about how this technology could work and, and w- like, does a standard need to exist? So, um, In which case, we're doomed? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't talk about that. Um, and, I, and I think that's good. What it does do is it has a page called Technical Requirements. And the technical requirements basically are suggestions. Um, so it's saying, you know, hey, it would be really good if you used um, a URI, Uniform Resource Identifier Format, as described in this RFC. Like, you as a developer, like, don't make up your own thing because this is the standard. It's already been agreed upon. Just use that, you know, and, and it's, it's ways of extending. And then it has, you know, basically, I guess it's eight uh, eight. Um, things that developers should strive to make true. Okay. And so it's not telling you you have to do it this way. It's just saying... Or how to do it. Or how to do it. It's just saying, make sure that your resources can be identified and accessed via links. Okay, that's that That seems like a basic thing. You know, um, enable identification and access to deeply nested selections. So it's so if you've got a big PDF, maybe you want to go to page 22. Oh, yeah, or you yeah, 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 you do. Just graphic in the PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ensure that your links are robust. So once you've made them, don't you know? Don't 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 be changing them all over the place. You know, once a link is made, it should be it should be stable. Um, so so these are things like they're they're architectural design goals. And and that and, seems like the right way to go because if you try to say if you try to define the how, then that's the road to madness. Oh, Totally hopeless, right? No one will ever do it. It'll never happen. And so all of these things, I think they're, they're really, frankly, very non-controversial and, and really very simple. You know, like number six, provide an API to obtain the link. Um, and uh, the API should also open or, or, or reveal the resource by its address. So basically, you have to basically create a link and you have to do something when that link is followed. Okay, that's not controversial, but you know they've set it down so that makes sure that everyone who is kind of thinking about this ha- has you know is this tall to play. <laughs> they, they all got the basics going. However, they may choose to implement them if they meet these these technical requirements. Everything should work well together. So this sort of reminds me of uh, the days when we were trying to make sure that. Uh, trying to get developers to always include the hooks, if you'll forgive the use of the word, but to get uh, Automator to be able to talk to it. I forget what those are called. Uh, uh, yeah, Apple Events for Apple, Apple Script. That kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 for Apple Script to be able to talk to those things. And that never really, uh, well, it, it accelerated and got to a certain level and then it waned. Um, yeah. And now now the hot kit on the block is uh, shortcuts and maybe this can work into shortcuts or something. But getting... Oh. Getting companies to do this might be the same uphill battle as it was with Apple Script events. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's 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 a similar kind of scenario. Um, I, I think Apple Script and Automator, frankly, suffered from people feeling like they were Apple technologies and Apple didn't care enough. Ah, okay. And so. So like it wasn't really worth putting the big effort into 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 supporting them if you didn't think Apple Apple was going to be 
continuing to support these technologies in a big way. And in fact, that wasn't really wrong, right? Yeah, eventually. It, you know, yeah. Um, so, so although I did see something, what was it? I think, was it Monterey? Uh, Monterey or the M1s or something, something basically, some, apparently AppleScript performance just improved radically. Oh, really? Not even Monterey. Yeah, the Monterey did something like, you know, the Apple. Like, oh, come on. Don't you just been teasing us all this time. Now you're going to actually put the effort in again. <laughs> yeah, I was really like, really? But um, but shortcuts, I mean, I think is probably safe for a while. Um, you know, we'll see if Apple yeah. like tends. I mean, because what usually happens is Apple gets really excited about something and it's it's a big deal. And oh, look, it's important for education. Um, yeah, iBooks. <laughs> And uh, and then at some point, you know, a program manager moves on, the evangelist moves on, Sal Segoyan leaves. You know, that's <laughs> it's usually all Sal when it was Apple. Right, um, right. And uh, so shortcuts uh, is you know we'll see in two to four years if Apple still f- is seemingly supporting shortcuts in a big way. I I, this, I honestly this leaky manifesto really isn't about Apple. This is this is a, a global thought, right? I mean, this is Windows, this is Linux, this is the web, this is everything everything it just happens that you know um well it's two things one i think this is a little bit of the world that these folks play in um mm-hmm. so these are the developers they know but i also think honestly um there is something different about particularly old old school mac developers mm-hmm. old school mac developers were more likely to think about larger ramifications to think about um, I don't want to say architecture, but like foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think then that's partly why these are the people who signed on. Um, you don't you don't see that kind of coordination happening in the Windows world as much, in part because you didn't have things like AppleScript um, and Even grassroots. Yeah, grassroots creation of technologies or, or standards that that people all signed on to. So, in terms of the proposed or the possible success of this this vision and this manifesto, it seems to me that if uh, people read this manifesto and it's it's short, you guys, we aren't talking about ninety pages written by a crazy person in their in the uh, in, off in the woods in their compound. No, that's too much. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but if if people read this and people jump on and say, I really believe in this, and they write to their favorite developers and say, hey, this is a tool I really like, but you know what would be cool is if I could link this to this. And then if those developers stepped up and did it, I would think those tools would be more likely to succeed if they had this in their in their vision. So maybe it's a... Um, it's more of a, a groundswell movement that that once it gets going, people will start to notice, hey, you know what, this tool has this really cool thing that I can do. I can link this document in my in the finder into this mind mapping software, for example. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, so for instance, I use Fantastical. Mm-hmm. And in Fantastical, when you paste a link to, say, a Zoom or Google Meet or whatever meeting into the notes of a document, you get a button that lets you launch it, you know, from all the different places you can see see the event. Plus, it um, it shows you like your next event um, in the menu bar, and you can just say join meeting. So, I like, think I actually tested that, and it was magical. It was really, it, really nice. That is the like that is the win of linking because right. right Otherwise, you know, the event goes off. Oh crap! I have this thing. Let's go search my email and find where they sent me the Zoom invitation, mm-hmm. and and try to remember who it was. Because like it's one thing if it's someone you know well. It's another thing if it's like this public meeting, um, right. and then click the link, and finally you're there. So like that's the that's that's what this manifesto is encouraging is that kind of behavior. And you were absolutely right that that feature makes Fantastical more valuable. More fantastic, more fantastic, more, even more fantastic. More wait, fan, fan, more fantastic. <laughs> right, right. So, so right. So that's the. So that's exactly the win for developers. Is that the more you link, the more useful you become to people who need those links, and thus the more valuable you are to them. As soon as I read the manifesto and then I looked at the list of people who had uh, were the signatories of this, I started thinking about uh, developers I know who would be most likely to <laughs> to succeed. Um, Craig Scott is the uh, from Toketaware is the author of I Thoughts, and I know that 
if he doesn't mm-hmm. already know about this, this is his jam. I mean, as yeah, soon as yeah. I say it, he's going like, I'm on it. This is just because I mean, he's got all these super nerdy, you know, he's putting latex into it and he's got um, he he automatically creates markdown links when you put things in it and everything. So he's he's yeah. highly likely to want to do something like this. So I guess part of what as an audience, if people think this is as cool sounding as you and I clearly do, is they would do what? We would start to I, write to developers and say, "Hey, t- take a look yeah, at this thing. What do I, you think?" Right. I would. Anytime you find yourself, it's a little bit of, of, of the of the automation problem, right? The keyboard maestro issue, where like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I when I'm telling you about you know how I send uh, Google Docs links to people, mm-hmm. like. I'm wasting time. I'm not enjoying my life when I'm doing this. This is this feels this is awkward. Waste. Uh-huh. This is a waste of time. It wouldn't it be easier if? So if you're ever asking yourself or thinking to yourself, wouldn't it be easier if? That's when you write to the developer and say, "Hey, wouldn't it be easier if I could click a link here and have X open, happen, happen switch to right. that kind of thing." Right. And some of this. Like I think there's some of there there's there's you know good luck of getting Apple to actually ever do stuff, but maybe who knows? Um, but you know I think there's some of this is like what programs like Hook allow is like they give you links to stuff that aren't necessarily quite as linkable otherwise, you know, in terms okay. of documents in the Finder or whatnot. And so maybe you know another thought that I had is like this is going backwards a little bit in time, but uh, remember when we were all running web servers on our Macs? And right. so that you could actually link to something on your Mac and send someone a link to it, hmm. you know, obviously the world's the world changed of security, since then. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I hear that Apache thing that we all have installed on our Macs. <laughs> that's really good right now. <laughs> oh, that's a timely joke. We should launch that immediately. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, you but, know, there uh, is but, a but little still, bit of hope. There is a little bit of hope, Adam, because um, in. Uh, calendar on the mac uh it now has an add video call button yeah so there is a way to do that there um on the and you can look because facetime links right apple did get that facetime call links was a big addition yeah except who uses facetime for that kind of thing Um, (laughs) (laughs) now that they have the links it actually works pretty well and actually this is another great example so when we were testing all this you know we made a facetime link and you put it in messages and then because we're testing we're testing different different devices and dropping on and off the call and everything. And you know what? That link was brilliant. Oh, really? Just click, click the link every time oh. you wanted to get back on the call from a new device or a new app or whatever. Okay, okay. So, so FaceTime, is, it is more useful and more likely to be used because of that. Because of that. And two days later, like, oh, that link's still sitting there. You just click it, boom, you're on a call. Like, oh, wow, that was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, there's another thing, and I'm trying to remember how to invoke it, but um, when you're surfing the web on your phone, there's a way to cause a link to exist in an Apple Note now. And I I forget how to do it, or maybe it was on the iPad and it's a key, it's a stroke with the pen or something, the pencil. It's I think it has to do with if you start a quick note on the iPad while you're in a Safari window. Okay, I'm gonna try it because I I think that yeah that that kind of makes sense and it's so it's from the bottom right I think yeah there yeah. it is yeah uh, it didn't do, oh I see I see so the the one problem with that is all the quick notes are all stacked together so I've got a notice <laughs> of a security incident affecting your GoDaddy managed WordPress site which was an email I've got my Mary Maxim crocheting shipment and now I see an add a link to weather.com right where I am but I think that's all in one note. Oh, okay. I don't use notes, so um, so that's not uh, that's not something I've done more than like verified that the swipe works. Oh, okay. There, uh, actually, the little the little uh, pencil came up, and I could create a new note and add that as a link, so that yeah. does work. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, you bring up an interesting point. You said you don't use notes. One of the things I think I would ask for, and I would have to ask every developer ever makes a note taking app, is I need them all to link together because I sit down to do something and I go. So did I put that in notability notes? Um, is it in an iThoughts mind map? Is it in, uh, oh, I, I might've put it in Ulysses. Um, I've got Joplin running and I've got keep it where I try to remember things. So it's in any of seven places when I sit down to write and I have no idea yeah. which one I did it in. Well, and you know, even though I, I said, I, so I don't use notes, although I have 
tried to in the past. So I do have some stuff in notes, um, <laughs> which I haven't deleted or moved over to. It's actually new- coming along. I'm starting to use it more. I, I have to. I I've been why. using Agenda. I quite like Agenda. Oh, uh, hey, I need another one. Let me look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Agenda's fun, and it also has the best business model ever, which is that like it's free, um, and then um, and then if you pay for it, you get like premium features, okay. um, and and you keep those features forever, and then they keep adding new ones, so you could pay again if you want the new if ones. If you want to go, oh, but you never lose what you had. You never lose what you had, and you keep getting bug fixes and all that. Oh man, I'm so going to install this now. Oh, I'm sorry, I keep stuff in Google Docs too. <laughs> well, I have a ton of stuff in Google Docs because of this, you know, sort of for the club, and um, and so yeah, so that's exactly it. You know, like all of these different things need to, they kind of need to link together. Yeah, um, so yeah. I'm, I'm easily to, and I really do feel like there's, there's a, there's a, a role for something that tracks everywhere I've been and like, I can hit a key and like a list of them pop up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that I can just see and then either copy. It's, it's a little bit like launch bar, actually launch bar could in fact do this. Maybe, um, you should write you know, to them. I, oh, and I will because I actually know those guys. Okay, so um, I just went to fellow.app for the meeting. Uh, for Is that agenda app? Uh, no, it's literally, app? I think it's really agenda.com. Oh, okay. Agenda.com. Yeah, agenda.com. Oh, okay. I almost signed up for something else. Okay, this is great. <laughs> so uh, that's even better. Okay, so now I've got this link. Now, which one of my 78 places am I going to write this? Oh, I, reminders. That's where it'll go. Reminders. reminders yeah. <laughs> And I use reminders heavily because that's where you can get stuff from Siri. So I'm constantly telling Siri to remind me to, to do exactly things. Exactly why I use it. Okay. And yeah. it's good. And I got to write down who it's from. Ad, Adam, it's his <laughs> fault if I end up adding this. Uh, <laughs> and look, it put a link to it. It did it. Okay. That was good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we we probably should call, call a close to this. So the, the things that I see um, we can do is start contacting developers and tell them, hey, we think this is cool. Take a look at this manifesto. What do you think? Is there, and here's an idea of where I think it would be useful in your app. But you can also sign the manifesto. I don't know what it does if you do, but I signed it. You know, I, I signed it too. And I'm, I'm curious if, they, uh, if they've, they've gotten our names up. I signed it really early. Oh, yeah, oh, look at I that. There's it. a, big, oh, it's a big, big page now. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Adam Angst. Let's see if Allison's on there oh, yet. I time. just signed it yesterday. Oh, there Tanya's we go. on there? Well, she's a visionary. Yeah, mine isn't on there yet. Apparently, they didn't do it automatically. I think they have to check. Is there know. some problem with entering uh, text into a web form? Would there be any reason that wouldn't just be immediately accepted? Because uh, because people, you can put in messages and names and people would immediately, you know, use bad words. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> there, but there's a, uh, a, a, what is it? Lodge4j, the, the big vulnerability oh, that was found. Bug. The patchy bug we were just referring to. Yeah, that could just go execute some code. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that could be. Well, well, boy, some great names here. Derek Van Pelt from Bangkok, Thailand. I think Van Pelt was the the last name of um, Linus and Lucy from Charlie Brown. Oh, J.F. So. Brissett. Uh, he's the uh, he's an editor. He he uh, works for Don McAllister on Screencast Online, and he is my uh, my editor, my main contact there. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. there's a lot of well known names here. Yeah, no, well, this is great stuff. Um, so is- and I think, I mean, you also, you look at the number of people who are like scientists or professors or engineers, you know, this is people who get the concept of, you know, because it is a little bit of an abstract concept that, that every object has an, has an identity. Yeah. And once every object in whatever system you're thinking about has an identity, you can get to it from other systems. Right, you know, right, right. But there's also people like Terrence Dodge, retired tech support dude. That's what he put down as his his job. There's an aerospace engineer. How about major accidents hazards inspector Marcus Phelan from Dublin, yeah. Ireland, actually. So, yeah, this is the, I like that there's. It's getting a lot of international coverage, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I will, of course, put a link in the show notes uh, to it's called uh, linkingmanifesto.org. And, uh, and you guys can take a look at this and see what you think and see if you want to sign on, see if you want to start uh, torturing the developers. I, I'm sure the people listening who are into automation at all, you'll be thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, I know where I want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
as I said, it just it just strikes me as one of those things where well, let's see where it goes. And you know, yeah. they're they're pretty clear. I mean, so actually, they based this on the Agile Manifesto, which is a like a, mm. a, a development approach, um, Agile development, and and it's one of those things where you know users don't have to really be aware of this. Users can just benefit from agile development. And similarly, right. you know, most people can just benefit from when apps allow more linking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so encourage it and move on. <laughs> I think this will. This, this has been really fun. It is always such a gas to talk to you, Adam. Just in case anybody can't figure out the URL to find all of your work, it would be? <laughs> Tidbits.com. I'm there. You can find me really easily. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Adam. This is great. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla Castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.